When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you can make better financial decisions in your life. It's Friday. You know what that means? It's time for Clark Stinks. After I hear about how I messed up, I want to share something that doesn't stink at all. Female entrepreneurs. You know, I can believe this. For the first time in history, roughly half of all new businesses being started in the United States being started by women. So Clark Stinks, which you can contribute to Clark Stinks at clark.com slash Clark Stinks, is where you take an opportunity to correct something that I said that is factually wrong or my opinion is out to lunch or whatever it is the advice I gave you feel is off the mark and Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites her highlights with you right here on the podcast I should have never encouraged you to speak you must think I'm pretty stupid you should be ashamed of yourself well maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm wrong maybe you're right pal so why do you always give me that look Actually, I'll tell you why. So here, I'm going to read this Clark Stinks first. Clark, you don't stink, you just don't listen. Krista has reminded you many times that she does not pick her favorite Clark Stinks posts. She picks the ones most relevant to the past week's topics. Maybe she should start calling you Mr. Howard until you stop saying her favorites, Clark Stinks posts. Or you can get yourself some cheap hearing aids at the nearest hunting store, Robert. Oh, Robert. The great news is the cheap hearing aids are going to be everywhere before long. And I'm watching the prices go down, down, down on hearing aids, which is great because the number of people who listen to way too loud music for way too long and damage their hearing is going up, up, and away. And so I think about, do you ever experience this when you're sitting at a red light and the vehicle that you think is next to you is playing music so loud that it's like the music is in your car, uh-huh. but it's like there are four vehicles behind. Those people are going to need hearing aids. <laughs> Maybe they already do. All right. You, tr- you tell people to try Visible, and if they don't like it, they can switch back without any problem. If Visible runs on Verizon's network, that means it needs a CDMA-capable yeah. phone, which means unless they are switching from Verizon, they will have to purchase a new phone. Sounds like a big problem to me, Sean in Mobile, Alabama. Sean, that is a very accurate post. It depends on the phone you buy, whether it will be compatible on the Verizon network and also on the world standard global system for mobile communication, GSM. The issue with Verizon phones only working on Verizon is not as much an issue as it used to be. There are now many phones you can buy that work across networks, including 
Verizon's network and AT&T and T-Mobile. Your response to the listener who wanted to leave a company but not miss out on his bonus left out an important option. It's very common to ask the new company to make good on a bonus or equity that is earned but not paid. Especially in today's labor market, companies will do whatever they can in order to secure talent. This avoids the listener having to stay as a lame duck knowing they will be leaving as soon as the bonus is paid. And that's from Mark in Florida. And Mark, you're right. That was... uh something I should have suggested and I know that suggestion and I just didn't make that recommendation at that time so I appreciate you coming back with it. You totally missed the boat launch about why these dollar stores, specifically Dollar Tree, have exploded. It's not the people like you buying floss and soap. It's the people like me buying all the fantabulous crafting supplies. The COVID lockdown launched so many new people into the crafting space at home and through online platforms. You must have your head in a newspaper and not on the crafters blogs, the YouTube channels, and the Facebook groups because if you did you'd see that many, many are specifically creating amazing home decor from just that Dollar Tree items. And that's from Stacy. Stacy, thank you. Um, since I have not an artistic bone in this body of mine, I would not think about using Dollar Tree as a source for the things you needed for crafting. And I appreciate you pointing that out. Clark, you have a lot of good information, but I get frustrated when you apply a broad stroke to some of the items you bring up on air. When I started listening to you and was unfamiliar with this behavior, I had a gut-wrenching reaction the first time I heard you apply your broad stroke to 403B plans. My wife is an NP working for a nonprofit medical provider, and what you said made me think that we were fools to be participating in her 403B. Not all plans are created equal. Sorry for yelling. Because it was all in caps. It was all in caps. Her plan is a very good plan with a great choice of low-cost mutual funds, including index funds from Vanguard and very low administrative fees. And that's from Greg. Greg, thank you. And the reason that I talk about this and the reason there are websites devoted just to educating people about the 403B market is that overwhelmingly there are bad apples in that market. And your wife is in an extremely lucky situation, first in her career choice, because NP is the second fastest growing career category in the United States right now, and the pay levels are going higher and higher, not to mention that she's serving her fellow human being, keeping people alive and healthy, but also she's got a great 403B plan, which is a rare entity. So... I try to um, make people really aware who work at places that give them 403B plans that the odds are that it's going to be a piece of garbage. And in her case, it's not. I love your show and consider you my financial sensei. But you're being weaky stinky when you tell people not to take a free expensive meal or free gift for listening to a sales pitch about a financial product or timeshare. Take the free Miller gift and just say no. I've done this several times after you taught me about how bad timeshares were. I listened to the hard sales pitch for an hour or so, then told them I wanted to research and think about it for a day. I usually get a harder pitch and have even had them be downright rude and name call. But in the end, I can play just as hard as they can and walk out with my free stuff grinning as I know my sensei would be proud. And that's from Chris. Chris, okay. I love it that you have the toughness, the mental toughness, 
that you're able to take the freebie and in turn not give in to the sales pitch for timeshares or the dinners or whatever. But these things work. I mean, people, once they're in that environment, they get caught up in it, they feel guilted, they feel flattered, whatever, and they enter into a contract for something they didn't expect to. So that's just uh, a reality with a lot of people's behavior. I haven't told this story in a long time. I'm going to digress for a second, Krista. Years ago for TV, I went undercover to do a timeshare presentation to go to one. And I don't know if you remember this, but anyway, went to the presentation. We heard the whole thing, said, no, no, no. The strong arm closer came over and started insulting me and all that. And finally, he put a slash across it and said, let me walk you to where you can get your free prize, which was a $100 gift card or something. And so he said, just go down this staircase. So he opens this door, and it turns out we were in the fire escape that led <laughs> us only outside and never got the 100 bucks, which was a great ending to wow. the TV story. Mm. Okay, why don't you name names? On yesterday's podcast, you answered a question about an app used by a handyman. You said the company doesn't vet the service providers on the app, but you didn't mention the name of the company or the app. What good is that for us? Are you afraid of these people? If you have legitimate issues, you should be able to mention the name. Truth is your defense, and that's from Pops. Pops, uh, thank you for this. All right, so let me tell you when I name and when I don't. Okay, so... When you're looking for someone to do work on your home, it is a common industry practice that it's pay for play if you are a contractor. So supposedly you've been vetted, but the reality is it's just all you have to do is you pay the money and you're part of the system. So if I name this organization, which may be known by some people, not others, you may think, oh, that's the company that's the problem. Nobody else is the problem. What I want you to learn from this is that the whole way that people get contractors from these supposed vetting organizations is phony. And that I want you to know that, that just because somebody paid essentially an advertising fee to be listed as the best plumber, electrician, carpenter, whatever... It doesn't mean anything. They have not in any way been vetted as A-OK. So there was not, even though I was familiar with the problems with this particular organization, I didn't see any upside to naming them. Clark told someone whose credit had been damaged by a cable company to use the BBB and social media to get their attention. He should have recommended that they file a complaint with his State Consumer Protection Bureau. I've done this before and within a few days received a call from someone who had the authority to correct the problem. This occurred while I was an officer of an HOA and had numerous occasions to have dealings with the cable company. In Florida, the complaint was filed with the State Agricultural Department, which handled consumer complaints against businesses, and that's from Stan. Stan, thank you. And you're right. That is a tool I don't normally mention because it's a very small number of states that have an active state consumer affairs department. But that is a good idea for me to add to my toolkit. And the way I would say it is just like I did. If your state has an active 
State Consumer Affairs Department, you should, in addition to the Better Business Bureau and social media, file a complaint with them, and I'm so glad that worked for you. Sir, how's your promised transitory inflation coming along? <laughs> a few weeks have been over some time ago. Now what? More federal spending? Thank you for your dedication to the cause and the ability to take the arrows, and that's for from Sanjeev. Sanjeev, I, you know, I... My head's buried in the financial media every day with the, you know, I read every financial publication just about alive. And this is a very active debate among the world's brainiest economists is the inflation we're having now, uh, something that is a boomerang effect from the pandemic and all the supply chain disruptions over the last 20 months, or is this an ongoing problem. And just as recently as this morning, I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal that was trying to answer that, but basically ended as a question mark. It is so hard to figure out if this is a new normal, that we're going to see inflation two and a half times what we've seen over the last 20 years, or is this a temporary spike and I would say because of the uh, energy supply issues right now and the issues with the chips, that we are going to see uh, spots of inflation that could lead to significantly more than what we've historically gotten used to inflation over the next year or so. I don't see that we are in a long-term period of what's known under the, it's not a true economic term, but they call it stagflation, where we have slower economic growth and higher prices, stubbornly higher prices over an extended number of years. I don't see the conditions for that right now. And again, I could be wrong because I'm telling you, you put five economists in a room right now, you'll get 12 opinions about inflation. Regarding the veteran that's owed $1,200 and is having difficulty collecting the money, suggest that the veteran contact the consumer reporter at his local TV station. Many consumer reporters are very good at letting the community know when a local business is being unfair to a worker. Everyone deserves to be paid for work that they have done, but to cheat a veteran, a per person that put their life on the line for our country, is just unacceptable. I love you and your great podcasts, Christine. Christine, thank you for that. That's a good tip. In most media markets that have uh, three or more local news operations, at least one of the stations will have as its handle that they are, uh, they'll use a term like on your side or something like that, and they go out and do things like that where they go find the bad guy or alleged bad guy and put the camera and the microphone in front of them and say, why are you doing this to whoever? And it's a very effective technique that gets results for people. And you brought in what TV stations love. It's a really good hook when it is a veteran who has put his or her life on the line for our country, in this case, a him. Clark, I cannot take it any longer. Uh oh Please stop calling yourself dull. You stink when you say that. When you say that, it's a huge insult to your wife who loves you and married you. Would she marry a dull guy? Also, it's very rude to your listeners. 
you're, we love you, and two, and we love listening. We would listen. Would we listen if you were dull? You're an intelligent, funny, adorable, well-read, and well-spoken person. So replace the dullest person ever with the most caring person ever, or something else nice. Best, Joanne. <laughs> Joanne, thank you. I I don't know. I I don't think I have a very exciting life or personality, and maybe I do and don't realize it. Um, I say that. I follow my own drummer, which is something that's unusual. And so I will stop with the dull thing if it will make you happy. And, you know, we've talked a lot, Krista, about pandemic burnout. And many people are trying to figure out what are they going to do to earn a living? Well, there's one sector of the economy that not only is dealing with burnout, but a lot of reasons at home that are keeping them from being back in the job market like they'd like. So they're reinventing themselves. I want to tell you how that's playing out and how it might be a benefit to you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Entrepreneurship has historically been an overwhelmingly male thing. Now, women do start their own businesses, but it tends to be in significantly smaller numbers than men. Today, that has taken a radical change. The latest data shows that somewhere close to half of new businesses being started in the United States right now are being started by women. And this is something that's happening out of necessity. A lot of employers have either not been willing to or the work, the nature of the work that that employer does has not lent itself to employees being able to be on a very flexible schedule. The responsibility for child care overwhelmingly in our society falls to women. I talked just, I guess, a week or two ago about the tremendous shortage of child care in the United States that has been magnified. And I talked about the economic reasons that we've got this mismatch in what people can afford to pay for child care and what it actually costs to deliver that child care. And so it's been a train wreck. So women have found that this has been the catalyst that's pushed more and more women to start their own business, to be able to have the flexibility they need, and to be able to work a schedule that works for them and for their families. And so this is a great societal development because job growth comes from new, fast-growing enterprises. The larger a company gets, the more bureaucratic it gets, the more inefficient it becomes. And so as companies grow and grow and grow, they start developing some of the uh, 
personality traits of a dinosaur. They become slow, and their brain power steadily reduces. So it's the entrepreneurs that come along and create the economic vitality in the economy. It also creates the possibility for, in a case of a woman entrepreneur, to be able to break through pay-wise, income-wise, in a way that she may not have been able to do in a traditional workplace. So know that if you are one of the women who's been frustrated by your inability to connect to the workplace today like you did pre-pandemic, that maybe you do create your own workplace is the way that you seize the initiative, take the skills, the training, the education experience, all that mix of things that you've had in your lifetime and the enthusiasm you have for an idea, a way of providing a service or a product that fills a gap in the marketplace and you go start your own thing. You know, when I talk about entrepreneurship, you hear an enthusiasm from me in energy that's like off the charts. And it's because I am inherently an entrepreneur. I come from an entrepreneurial family. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. And you move through my family tree, and it's amazing that overwhelmingly, each of us, my first cousins, that we all went out and started our own thing. It's just baked into the bread of our family that we are an entrepreneurial family because that's where you fill a need in the marketplace and have the potential to create wealth for yourself and your family. Krista? This question is from Ellen in California. The other day I got a Facebook message from my cousin, whom I seldom connect with. I responded and she asked how I was, then asked me if I was keeping up with TANF. I looked it up and found it's temporary assistance for needy families. She told me there's a guy on Facebook, Agent Smith we'll call him, that I would I could message who would see if I was eligible to get the check. I messaged him and gave him my name. He replied I was indeed eligible and wanted me to give him my phone number so he could explain it to me. I asked who I could contact to make sure he was legit. He wouldn't answer that question, just kept asking for my phone number. I checked with my cousin. She told me someone's impersonating her on Facebook, and she did not message me about this. I'm positive it's a scam, and I think it would be good for those who look to you for advice to know about it. I want to thank you for the heads up. There are a lot of people that are desperate to pay their bills, desperate for money, and there are con artists out there that are willing to bury you deeper in financial trouble. And the way this would have played out almost certainly is it would have eventually involved you giving up information on your checking account. And what the criminal would do is pull money from your checking account instead of depositing money into it. The government doesn't go out and look for you and say, hey, wouldn't you like some money from us? And that's the most important thing to know is government lacks that kind of efficiency or desire to just throw money out there. We had such an unusual situation in the pandemic with the government sending out money willy-nilly all over the place. But even if you were supposed to get money then, you had to do the legwork of contacting a government agency, filling out a form on a website, that kind of thing like the IRS did with the pandemic relief checks and stuff. So anybody who says, hey, just contact this person and you're going to get 
connected to all this free money? No way. From John in Virginia, in December of 2020, I withdrew most of my retirement IRA and my 401k under the CARES Act to pay off a very large amount of high-interest credit card debt that I had. I understand that I have three years to put it back in order to avoid paying any penalty in taxes. Does it need to be put back into the same IRA and 401k accounts that it came from, or does any IRA and 401k investment vehicle count for this repayment? And how will I make note of all this when I self-file my taxes next April? I want to make sure I do things properly and in time. So under the IRS regulations, which I want you to go read to see exactly how it's supposed to work, it's treated as a trustee-to-trustee transfer, which is uh, IRS speak, for the 401k plan has to take the money in as if it was coming from another employer potentially an old job, something like that. So you have the three-year window to pay it back. The IRA thing is really simple. It just has to go back into an IRA. 401k is more complicated. The IRS has a full briefing on this at their website with a Q&A that takes you through one scenario after another after another. And so what I would do is go to irs.gov and put in the search box, CARES Act 401k withdrawal, and it'll take you to the briefing that explains how you go about the process of paying back the money over the three-year window. By the way, this is something that is a learning curve for you and for your employer's 401k. If it has a one of the large administrators, one of the huge players in 401ks, they'll have this down pat. Smaller administrators, you may be educating them a little bit. All right, little uh, spousal conflict here for you from Sue in Massachusetts. Oh, I'm glad you didn't say Lane. No, no. <laughs> Dear Clark, what would you say to convince someone, my husband, who inherited his family's two-family home six years ago now in a college town to increase the existing tenant's rent to even cover the taxes or rent due Airbnb the bottom floor to even cover the taxes? And then she put some symbols in, which I assume means a curse word. And then, right? <laughs> so I don't know the family dynamic, Sue. I don't know if the tenant is a family member. What the reason is that your husband does not want to raise the rent to market rate, but it is a reasonable expectation that even if somebody came in at an extremely low rental rate, that over time that you raise them to market. And to not even cover the taxes on a property when the rent could come in at a much higher amount makes me feel like there's some kind of people situation that you did not state in your question, that it is a relative or a longtime family friend or something like that. So let's say it is a relative or a longtime family friend then you gradually raise the rent to market over, let's say, a three- or five-year period. But the rent should be at market rate. Or also her other idea was to rent or Airbnb yeah, the Airbnb bottom the, unit. Yeah, the bottom unit. Yeah. That's fine, too, but somebody's got to manage that Airbnb, which involves a lot more on your part than renting to a long-term tenant. And from Tim in Missouri... It's almost time to complete the FAFSA. 
do we only use the student's income, only use the parent's income, or do we have to use both? Our student is still dependent on our tax return, and their income was under $5,000. Yeah, so you report, when you do the FAFSA, it'll take you through the income you have to report. If your child's income is in the range of $5,000, it will not affect much their eligibility under FAFSA. And as your dependent, you have to fill it out as the parents. And you can revise the FAFSA each year depending on whether there is earned income by your child. But the amount of money you're talking about will not have an appreciable impact that your child's earned on the overall eligibility for financial aid. And I should point out that the earlier you fill out the FAFSA, the better it is for qualifying for more money from a participating college that your child wants to go to or continues to attend. I want to thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. I got so much great information for you at Clark.com that helps you fatten that wallet. And then ClarkDeals.com, when you go to spend that money, I want to make sure you spend every dollar as efficiently as you can getting the best deals on the things that you buy. And I want you to know that everything about what we do at Clark and Clark Deals is about you. And I want you to know that my most important thing I have for you is trust. You can trust that what you read, what you hear, and what you see comes from my heart and my head.